We are in the middle of a series in the book of Acts. Uh, I love the book of Acts. You read stuff in there that you, you half think, really? Wow. And then it stirs up a discontent because you know what? God can do it today. And I want him to do it today. So that's why we're just sitting in Acts for a few months. Uh, we want to just be inspired by what God did 2,000 years ago so that we can have faith for what he can do here and now in Swindon. Amen? Amen. Yes. Amen. We are a bit of an amening church. <laughs> if you agree with something I say, then you are welcome to say amen as loudly and robustly as you like. Uh, every now and again, if I'm feeling like I'm, I'm not quite getting you, I might say amen. <laughs> and that is another invitation. You're more than welcome. But so just for last week, um, Becky talked about from Acts chapter seven, the first person who died because they were teaching about Jesus. That's Stephen. He was one of the men that the church chose to serve and that the apostles appointed to serve the church when a practical problem arose. And, but he didn't stop there. He went on to perform miracles and he was telling everyone that Jesus is the Messiah that Israel had been waiting for. Trouble is, the priests didn't like it. The religious folk didn't like it. And so they made up lies about him and they said he's doing, he's teaching against the temple exactly like they did with Jesus. And they pulled him before the priests and they said, right, go on then explain yourself. And he did. And there are two things that um, Becky brought out of that last week. One, where is God? God is not in built buildings made by people's hands. He's in his people, just like he has been this morning. He has been here richly with us this morning and he's made himself evident. That is where you find God. Not in buildings, not in nice holy looking church buildings or anything like that. His people here in the hearts of those that love Jesus. And how do we obey God? Well, we obey God by devoting ourselves to Jesus. The priest would have said, oh, we obey God by following the laws. There are 613 of them. Oh, and by the way, just in case you don't know what any of them mean, we've got all of this stuff here to explain it. No, how do we obey God? We obey God by loving Jesus, Amen. by believing in him, by devoting ourselves to him. Now, sadly, that only made the priests angrier. That only made them want to get Stephen even more. And so they sentenced him to death. And this week... We're going to see some of the fallout from that. It kind of falls over into Acts chapter 8. Now I've asked, um, I think, Beatrice, do you have the first, do you have verse 2? Bibi, could you read? If you want to... Use the microphone, yes. Oh, it's turned down, I think. No? No, just nice loud voice, bubs. You can do it. Yeah. So you see, 
Stephen gets martyred, he gets killed because he loves Jesus. And so some people bury him. Actually, they weren't supposed to. He was not supposed to have a burial ground because he'd been condemned by the temple. If he's been condemned by the temple, he's been condemned by God, as it was back in Israel then. But some people in the church could not stand it, so they buried him and they cried loudly. And then Saul, who approved of Stephen's murder, we're going to meet Saul again in a couple of weeks' time. He's going to change drastically. But for now, he is going after the church. But it isn't all bad news. But before I go there, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had something bad happen to you that opened the way for something good? Have you? Yeah. And I said, no, I'm not going to. So I went around that first and prayed for in the hospital. Mm-hmm. In the hospital. Yeah. Cool. Anyone else ever had anything bad happen to you that looking back, you can see actually that opened up the way for this good thing to happen? I've got an example. So before my wife. I had one girlfriend, and it, it wasn't exactly my choice that we split up, but, and it, it kind of hit me quite hard. I was immature, I was young, I didn't know how to process it. God took me through it, but do you know what? As painful as that was, it opened up the way to finding my wife, to being with my wife. And do you know what? Infinitely better. God does good stuff out of bad. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> my mum died in 1960, and in 1968, we just me and my dad lived together. And um, he used to work in Newbury and um, shop in a little place where I didn't know Pat worked there at the time. And he went to a girl and said, um, I was a bit slow meeting girls. So then he asked me, Will you see that Dave's all right? And I was like a moth attracted to this shop still, though we did. Got a way away, and uh, went there, and the school came up to me and said, "Do you want to go out with Pat?" And uh, oh, it took me three weeks to do it. <laughs> and, and, and I remember May 11th, 1968, we went out, and uh, the bad thing is um, I lost my dad, but he, God was working mm-hmm. then, and we got married on October 4th, which is soon our anniversary, and it's 55 years now. Wow. So Come on. There's life. <laughs> yeah. He was. Yeah. That's good. You see, sometimes God uses the bad things that happen in life, the things we would not choose to bring good things. Yeah. In this instance, Stephen killed for loving Jesus buried the church is being persecuted but what happens the believers are scattered and as they're scattered they go telling the good news now i want to be very very careful here because i'm not saying that god causes the bad yeah sometimes i think we get this view that we have to go through a bad thing and you know god has done it and blah, blah, blah. sometimes maybe but sometimes The bad stuff happens, not because God has willed it, but because we live in a fallen world 
and that means that bad stuff happens and the world doesn't yet work how God wants it to fully. Yeah? He never wanted sin, sickness, disease or death. Amen? Amen. He never wanted sorrow, grief or despair. Amen? Amen? He never wanted people to hurt each other, to defraud each other, to steal from each other, to kill each other. None of this was what he wanted. Amen? There are tragedies and trials that occur in life that are not dreamed up by God. And in all honesty, I'm not sure I believe that God planned for Stephen to be martyred. I don't know if I believe it. He could have done, but I wouldn't assume it. Now, he is sovereign. He is ruling. He is the God of the heavens. There is no higher authority than him. Amen? So I'm not saying there is anything outside his control. So he permits some of these things because he wants a world where we can choose to love him or not. And you can't have that without having people doing stuff that he doesn't want. Yeah? But he doesn't leave these things to have the final say. For example, who remembers the story of Joseph? Do you remember the story of Joseph, Matthew? Do you think God, want, do you think God wanted him to be thrown into that well and then sold into slavery? Do you think he did? Yeah, he might have done, to be fair, in Joseph's example. But Joseph himself says, uh, if you go, go on to the next one, Rochelle. Joseph himself said to his brothers, you meant to hurt me, but God turned your evil into good. Yeah. So God is so big and so good that he is able to bring good out of even the worst situations. If you are going through a hard situation at the moment, know that God can meet you in it. Yes. He can, and he will. Now, again, I need to be careful. Sometimes, churches a bit like ours don't know how to handle the negative stuff of life. Yeah. If someone says, I'm struggling, if someone says, actually, life's hard, what we can do is say, where's your faith? No. No. That is not the voice of God. We don't like suffering. We don't like difficulty. And so we deny it and we play mind games with each other sometimes to deny the grief and deny that the hardship is hard. It's important to notice verse 2. They cried very loudly for Stephen. The church mourned and grieved the loss of Stephen. They didn't just say, oh, he's in a better place now. Look, didn't you hear him at the end? I see Jesus. They didn't do that. They mourned for him. They cried for him. Yeah. Grown-ups, it's okay to cry when life is hard. <laughs> Kids, every single child in the room, ears, please. It is okay to cry when life is hard. You know, Jesus cried when life was hard. It's okay. Like Nehemiah, he's building the wall. Yeah. Yeah. See, we should mourn 
grieve and lament the troubles of this world, even as we look to God in faith. And let's not forget to look to God in faith. The Psalms help us here. Nehemiah can help us here. Jesus' example, when he goes at Lazarus's tomb, he knows that in five minutes, Lazarus is going to come walking out of there. But what does it say he did? He wept. Sentence, shortest sentence in the Bible. Jesus wept. See, Jesus wants to walk us through these things, not deny that anything is wrong. Sometimes, hallelujah, we are released from the hardships. Sometimes he brings us through so well that it's like it never happened. Sometimes. Most of the time, we are a little bit like Jacob and we end up walking with a limp because we've been wrestling with God through the hardship. And so we, we are left with that mark for the rest of our life. But he walks with us through it. Amen? Yes. Now, in this instance, God took the persecution and the scattering of the early church and he turned it to good by scattering evangelists and missionaries to start preaching Jesus to those who didn't know him. And this is what Jesus promised. Right in the beginning of Acts, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem. Okay, Acts chapter 8. Woohoo, mission accomplished. No, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And actually, they weren't being very obedient to the fullness of that call. They weren't. They'd only made it to Jerusalem. And it's in, we can see here, it's, they're sent out to different places in Judea and Samaria. Somehow, the apostles, who knows what apostle means? If we translated the word apostle instead of just transliterated it from Greek alphabet into English, do you know what apostle means? Sent out. Somehow the apostles, the sent out ones, stay in Jerusalem. And the rest of the believers are scattered. Can you believe it? (laughs) But they're sent out to Judea and Samaria. And as they went, they told people the good news. Rochelle, can you read yours out, please? Nice and loud, Rochelle. Amen. Philip was a friend of Stephen's. Yeah, Stephen who died in the chapter before. Philip was one of the people who was chosen by the church and appointed by the apostle, a deacon over the church. And here he is, he's arrived in Samaria and he begins telling people about Jesus. He performs miracles, signs and wonders. He casts out demons and evil spirits and he sets people free from their torment. Later on in this chapter, I'm not going to go there because Paul's going to take us there next week, but later on, people are baptised as they pledge their faith in Jesus. And I love verse 8. So the people in that city were very happy. 
I want to ask you a question. What would revival look like here in Swindon? Amazing. <laughs> It'd be amazing. What would you love to see God do here? What healing. do you want to healing? Change people's hearts. Change yes. people's hearts. Lots of people saved. Lots of people saved. Oh, yes. Yeah, just compelled along to, to come and join in with God's people and hear the gospel. Yeah. I remember earlier revival with John Wesley and the minor, and they didn't mm. have the showers and all that in those days. Mm. He was crying, and they said he, he, he cried, and you could see the water, where the tears were running down, and it washed the coldest away. Yeah. 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 So you see people crying in repentance. Yeah. 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 Who wants to see that? I want to see that. Actually, I believe that God wants Swindon to come into this same life that Samaria experienced. Itty bitty amen. Yes. Oh yeah, big amen in fact. <laughs> he wants everyone to hear the good news about Jesus. He wants the sick made well. He wants people captured by dark spiritual powers to be set free. Amen. Yeah? Because... I don't know where you think they've gone. The demons are where they've always been, yeah. in people that are subject to the evil one. And Jesus still wants to set them free today like he did 2,000 years ago. Yeah? Amen. <coughs> Amen. Amen. She's a good girl. She's not talking even if the rest of <laughs> But you know, above all else... God wants people to put their trust in Jesus yes. and find life in him. Yes. Amen? Yes. A little bit like we're going to see next week when we go on to that bit in Acts chapter 8. I want to see some baptisms. Yeah. I want to see some salvation. I want to see people coming to Jesus, yes. finding life in his name, yes. and then going down into that water and finding that as they go down, their old life ends and their new life begins. And I want to see people filled with the Holy Spirit, so that that presence we've enjoyed this morning goes wider yes. and wider and yes. wider. Yes. And then we become that light yes. that Pat talked about. Yes. That's why we're here. That's why we're in Acts, to be reminded of what God can do. In a moment, we are going to go and break bread we're going to drink some wine or some squash if you don't want to drink the wine or you're not allowed, kids. <laughs> just put that out there. But for now, I wonder if we can just turn in twos and threes and fours and pray for Swindon. Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. I've got some points that we can pray for. Let's pray 
that the church in this town will be filled with boldness and courage. Yeah? Yeah. I want to confess, I felt challenged to give someone a book about the gospel. Some of the books that we've got on the welcome desk back there, I felt like I should give it to them. Do you want to place bets on whether I did or not? (laughs) I didn't. Chickened it out. I need some boldness and some courage. We all do. Gospel preached and heard. For God to move in power. For people to come to faith in Jesus. And for churches in this town to grow. And for more churches to be planted. Can we pray for that? Let's just turn around. We'll take five minutes or so. Let's just encourage one another as we pray for this town that God has placed us in. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Lord, I want to thank you that what you did 2,000 years ago, like we've heard today, where people can hear the good news, come to faith, see healings, signs and wonders, see evil spirits flee at the name of Jesus and see the church grow and advance in the earth, you can do today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you want to do that today, that we are here, you have called us here today for that very purpose. And so, Lord, I pray that with your people here in this part of the room, but your people all across this town, Lord, that you would fill us with your spirit. You'd give us boldness and courage. Lord, that we would go telling people about Jesus in, a, in an appropriate way. Yes. Lord, in a way that will open people's hearts yes. rather than close them off. Give yes. us wisdom with the courage. But Lord, send us out in faith that you will move, that we will see signs and wonders amongst the people. Lord, and that we will, above all else, see people come into the kingdom and find life in King Jesus. We ask all of this. In your name. Amen.